Uh, good morning, everyone. After the uh, the service, um, encourage you to stick around for fellowship. Uh, this being Mother's Day, uh, we have a special spread. There's uh, quite a few people who've contributed to uh, putting on that as a celebration, so I encourage you to stick around for that. Uh, Crystal is one of those people. She's not here today. My wife, uh, she's at home with our, our little ones, uh, our oldest uh, three-year-old. He's uh, at home with a fever. So uh, they're enjoying her Mother's Day uh, in front of the TV at the moment, but she did get pancakes for breakfast, so that's okay. <laughs> well, with um, <clears throat> today being Mother's Day, um, I'd like to share with you some teaching that one mother once gave to her son. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 31, King Lemuel uh, shares the words that his mother taught him. And she begins with advice on on what it takes to be an excellent king. And then she gives him insight on what it takes to be an excellent wife. Uh, And it's her prayer that he would find a woman who embodied those characteristics. So if you haven't already, please turn with me to Proverbs 31. And we're going to read verses 10 to 31. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and a distaff is the, the stick used uh, Uh, In a spinning wheel, she puts her hand to the distaff and puts her hand to the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Well, the teaching of this passage is applicable in many spheres. Uh, uh, clearly, it's for men uh, to look for such a godly woman as this. And for women is to, to follow the example uh, set by this godly woman. 
So whether you're, you're married or you're single, whether you have children or not, whether you are male or female, uh, there is much to gain from this scripture. And most especially in realising that this woman's greatest attribute is knowing the fear of the Lord. She is a woman of faith, a woman under the lordship of the Saviour. And so to attempt to uh, emulate her character without this facet is simply uh, moralism, trying to do good while at the same time ignoring the one who is truly good. Uh, But from a position of faith in the Lord, uh, this... uh, uh, serves, this teaching serves as growth in the Christian life. It's a picture of what uh, mature faith looks like in practice. Now in the Hebrew, uh, this passage is an acrostic poem uh, with the 22 verses commencing with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet uh, in consecutive order. And it's a clear way of emphasizing the breadth uh, and the depth of what has been said. This is a complete teaching on this subject, according to the author. And, and who's he to argue with his mother? Moreover, who are we to argue with the Lord? For this is his inspired word to us. Well, we won't be having a 22-point sermon this morning. Uh, instead, we're going to look at this uh, under uh, five headings as we look at the nature of the excellent wife. So point one, and if you're a visitor here today, you'll, you'll see the outline uh, on the back of the news sheets. So point one, the excellent wife is a dependable spouse. Verse 10, an excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. Now excellence here speaks of ability, uh, efficiency and, and moral worth. It can denote power and strength. Uh, The same word is used uh, in scripture to refer to an army of fighting men. In a personal sense then, uh, the excellent wife is a woman who has great strength of character. Ruth, uh, the great grandmother of King David, uh, is described with this word. In Ruth chapter 3 verse 11, uh, Boaz, her future husband, uh, says to her, All my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And it would seem that their marriage was a perfect match. Uh, Ruth chapter 2 verse 1, Boaz is described as a worthy man. And this is the same Hebrew word we find here in Proverbs 31. So who can find an excellent woman like this? It's not impossible, but it does require a determined search. Now, this is a, a truth that's borne out in graphic detail in the previous chapters of Proverbs. Uh, Solomon advises his son to wisely steer clear of the adulterous woman, uh, the prostitute. In chapter 7, uh, we read in verses 11 to 12 that uh, this, this kind of woman, she is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Uh, now in the street, now in the market... And at every corner, she lies in wait. It's not hard to find a woman like this, but an excellent wife takes searching out for. 
And if a man finds and marries a worthy woman, what a blessing that is. She is more precious than jewels. Now, this is an echo of an earlier statement found in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4. And in this verse, there is a stark contrast provided for us. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. You see, aside from a person's relationship with the Lord, the closest relationship that we may enter into as as human beings is the marriage covenant between a husband and a wife. Uh, And it's no wonder uh, the incredible impact that spouses can have on each other, uh, whether for good or for ill. So why is an excellent wife so precious to her husband? Well, it's her dependability. Verses 11 to 12. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She is completely dependable uh, in the sense that her husband knows uh, that her thoughts, her actions, her words, everything uh, is completely for him. Uh, whether that's in public, uh, in the way that she speaks to him or about him, or whether that's in private, in the way they, they talk and uh, uh, deal with one another uh, behind closed doors, she is concerned about doing him good. And not just for a season either, but all the days of her life. Her goal is what Eve was first created for, where we read in Genesis 2 verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so he did. From Adam's rib he formed Eve. And out of all God's creations, only the woman provided a perfect complement to the man. And so the excellent wife is a dependable spouse. But secondly, she will also be a diligent steward. By this, I mean uh, that she works extremely hard to look after her household. Now, normally, a steward is is someone who looks after someone else's household. Uh, But in a sense, this is true here as well, because Psalm 127 verse 3 tells us, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Family is a gift from God. And we are ultimately... Uh, accountable to him for how we look after our children and indeed our home. So how is the excellent wife a diligent steward? Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. And so the excellent wife works hard to clothe her whole household. Wool would be important for the cooler months. Uh, while flax, which was manufactured into linen, was perfect for the warmer months. And so it's a whole year process here. And what's more, the, the work is carried out with willing hands. It's not a drudgery to serve her family, but it's a delight. Now this doesn't necessarily mean delight in the hard work itself, uh, but she willingly works because it will benefit the family whom she loves. She has her eyes focused on what is truly important. 
And not only does her household need to be clothed, it also needs to be fed. Verse 14, she is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. And what we see here is a desire to not only feed her family, but to feed them well, or as well as is possible within their means. By comparing her actions to the, the work of merchant ships, it says that the excellent wife is not happy to see her family simply survive, but to thrive. And her preparation process is explained then in verse 15. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. To ensure a well-ordered house no doubt requires sacrifice. And in this case, it's a sacrifice of sleep. This is certainly not implying that this woman never rests. Uh, Remember that Proverbs was written uh, when the Sabbath law was still effective for Israel. So there was certainly at least one day of the week where there was stopping. But the focus really is on organisation and her prioritisation. What does that mean? Simply that something has got to give. Uh, There are certain seasons in life uh, when you just can't do everything. And having children, whether they be young or older, uh, in the house is is one of those seasons. No doubt to, to be up early and start the preparations for the next day meant that this woman could not stay up late every night of the week. Like she may have been able to do when she was younger and before children came along. Many people seem to think that uh, having children is is not really going to change their lifestyles all that much. Uh, But that notion is both untenable and simply foolish. Uh, You'll either wear yourself out or you'll put your family's welfare behind your own. The excellent wife will have none of that. Now, sometimes that might take a lot of organising and working through Uh, to ensure that neither of these things happen, but it's certainly necessary. But we must recognise that there will be certain periods of of life where looking after a household will be sheer exhausting work. And we need to be uh, acknowledging that for for families of of different stages. Uh, Older women can tend to uh, forget the sleep deprivation uh, that younger women uh, with younger families experience on a regular basis. And yet younger women, uh, they haven't experienced yet the sleep deprivation that comes from uh, the anxiety and the anxiousness of uh, worrying over their teenagers' decisions and and as they seek to to start stepping out on their own. Exhaustion comes in, in many forms. The depiction of the excellent wife here doesn't mean that a life won't ever be tiring uh, and no doubt will in need to ensure rest happens. But there is a focus here. There's a determination, a sacrificial nature that exhibits itself in love and in service to her family. Now, the fact that this woman is described as having maidens uh, implies that uh, this is a a substantial household that she's in charge of. Uh, But note that she's not sleeping in and letting the maids do the work for her. Uh, 
it is showing the leadership that she exhibits. She is up before them, figuring out what work they will need to do the next day. Now, the point is not about the size of the house or whether you have maidens in your house that can do delegated work for you. The point here is about the administration skills of the excellent wife and the leadership that she displays in her God-given task. These skills are also seen in verse 16, where we read, She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. This excellent wife is industrious and wise. She takes opportunities to benefit the family financially in in ways that do not hinder her primary responsibility of looking after the home. Now, there may be circumstances in which uh, the wife will will need to do more work uh, than what is implied here. Uh, Perhaps uh, the husband is without work through either redundancy or injury or sickness. Uh, Or if if the woman is a, a divorcee or a widow. Or in in later stages of life where uh, the children are less dependent upon her. But these are exceptional circumstances here. Modern modern society cringes or more often than not is vocally opposed uh, to the scriptures teaching that a woman's primary responsibility uh, is her home. It's not true that a woman's place is in the home. It is true that a woman's responsibility, God-given responsibility, is the home. There's purpose to it. Many Christians also allow the voice of the world to critique and overpower what God has sovereignly written into the makeup of men and women. But it's for our joy and our blessing and for his glory that he has done so. Well, continuing in the text, we recognize the character, the the resolute nature of the excellent wife. Verse 17, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. It is not a weak woman who engages in the task of of looking after a home and her family. Again, the voice of of modern culture claims that a woman who who only looks after a home is, is living some sort of unfulfilled life. Uh, that somehow that she's not reaching her full potential, that that somehow she's not exerting the plethora of her physical and and mental skills. Well, the first thing to say to that is, really? Have you tried looking after children? When I've looked after the kids, it takes everything to keep them alive and keep them entertained. And if we've achieved that, it's a good day. Looking after the household is a tough gig. It takes physical strength, mental and emotional strength. It is not a task for the faint-hearted. One of the things that spurs the excellent wife on, that motivates her to keep going, is seeing the blessing that her work is to her family. Verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her hard work pays off. Notice at this point though, there is no mention of working for praise. There's no mention of whether she is actually thanked for her work. This does come later on, but it's clear that she pushes on regardless. She knows the value. She sees the good of her work. 
And that galvanizes her resolve uh, that we see through the rest of verse 18 and 19. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. And so the excellent wife is a diligent steward. Now, we've already seen aspects of this woman's sacrificial nature, uh, but that uh, comes out even more so in the following verses, which we'll look at under point three. The excellent wife is a deferential soul. Deferential uh, means respectful. Uh, It's to show consideration or regard for others. The excellent wife is not about building herself up, but about serving others. This also doesn't mean that she's about putting herself down, but she humbly, willingly cares for those whom God has placed in her midst, placing their needs above her own. The first group who benefits from her service is seen in verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. The blessings that her her diligence has brought to her family are not kept solely for her family. They're extended to those who who come to her in need and those that she seeks out to assist. In every sphere of life, there are temptations to be insular in our focus. Even when the focus is on serving one's family, that too can become a selfish pursuit, a desire to gain benefits for one's own household alone. Yet verses like this are important in lifting our eyes off of ourselves. The excellent wife is always considerate and sensitive to the needs of those around her. Now that being said, her her primary focus is her family. And it is in this sphere that she has opportunity to practice selflessness the most. Verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. You see, the benefit of her sacrificial nature is seen in her preparedness. Her hard work means that she is not worried for her family about lack of provision for the future. Now, later in the passage, we recognize that her confidence in the future rests in the Lord and not in her own abilities. However, in the things that she can control, she sees that they are taken care of. She fulfills her God-given responsibilities and she takes care and pride in her work, as seen by the efforts uh, not just to make clothes, but uh, to dye her family's clothes scarlet to go that extra mile to make what she has uh, look beautiful the care she takes in making these clothes also enables her to find another way uh, to bless her family financially verse 24 she makes linen garments and sells them she delivers sashes to the merchants it shows that she is clever in turning an everyday process into something more. It shows real ingenuity, resourcefulness, and nous. In verse 22, her deference is also seen by the way she takes care of herself. 
She makes bed coverings for herself and her clothing is fine linen and purple. She doesn't dress herself up in ostentatious apparel. She's not trying to draw attention to her physicality. Yet she doesn't go the other extreme either. Uh, She's not trying to draw attention to her hard work by going out of the house in a dishabled state. She dresses with graceful simplicity, which is a testament to the willingness in which she carries herself in her role. And then finally, her deference is shown to her husband. In verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Because of her cheerfulness in fulfilling her divine calling as a responsible homemaker, in submitting humbly to the headship of her husband, it means that he is enabled to fulfill his divinely established role with both freedom and support. And moreover, her actions, they they enhance uh, his reputation and respect from his peers. And so the excellent wife's deferential soul means great blessing for her family and all those around her. And this takes us to point four, where we see that the excellent wife is a dignified speaker. The strength of this this woman has been borne out earlier in the passage, her, her physical, mental, emotional strength. But the important feature of dignity is revealed in verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And so better than the fine clothes with which she makes for herself is the dignified manner which characterises her nature. This mindset is the reason why she laughs at the time to come. Not only has she done all she can physically to prepare for the future, but she has done all she can mentally. Her attitude is dignified. Again, as we'll soon see, it's not the power of positive thinking that affects her demeanour, but a firm trust in the Lord and his providential guiding of all things. This is the true heart of her strength. But she carries herself with dignity. And her dignified manner is is exemplified in two ways throughout the next two verses. Verse 26 highlights the dignity of her words. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. There is wisdom, there is kindness in the way that she speaks. Certainly, this means that she is not a gossip, she is not malicious but she is trustworthy, she has integrity and she uses her words to encourage and edify. But moreover, it highlights another aspect of her homemaker responsibilities and that is to teach her children. A mother has such a vital role in teaching her children about the Lord. In the later context of the church, which is relevant to us today, Uh, The older women are are vital in teaching younger women about the faith, about how God calls them to live and to serve. Uh, The Apostle Paul brings this out in Titus chapter 2, where he says in verses 3 to 5, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behaviour, 
not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now next week we're actually going to commence a a shorter study on the, the book of Titus and so we'll come back to these verses in the following weeks and look at them in more depth. One thing also to note is that the excellent wife's relationship with her husband uh, would also be characterised by wisdom and by kindness, by wise and kind words. And while there is a divinely ordained headship for the husband, the divine design also includes the complementary nature of the wife. And so it would be a foolish man indeed Uh, who did not value and encourage and consider the insight and the discernment of his wife. So, there is the dignity of the excellent wife's words, but there is also the dignity of her works. Verse 27, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. We've already seen this aspect as we, we saw her, her, her diligence as a steward. She's not inactive. She's not lazy. The dignity with which she carries herself uh, will allow nothing of the sort. And so this leads us to the last few verses and to our final point. We see that the excellent wife is a devoted servant. This devotion is seen firstly uh, to the family with which God has blessed her. The, The fact of her devotion is seen by the praise that her family lavishes on her. Verses 28 and 29, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. The devotion to her family has been spoken of many places throughout this passage already. Uh, The world uh, sees this as of lesser importance than garnering praise from others for work done outside the home and away from the family. But the scriptures paint a totally different picture. Only as we live out our divinely ordained roles as men and women will we find true fulfilment and true blessing. Now, men, children, do not miss the charge that is given to us. The family of the excellent wife gives her the praise that she deserves. Are you quick to do that? Are you regular in doing that? Make sure you treasure the gift that the Lord has blessed you with, of a wife or of a mother. But husband and family are not the ones to whom the excellent wife shows her greatest devotion. In fact, if they are, then that is a critical problem. For them to be truly blessed by the excellent wife, then they must come a distant 
distant second to someone far more important. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The excellent wife does not find her true worth in her family. She does not find her true worth in her charm, in her beauty. Physical physique does not last forever. What is of greatest value is the fear of the Lord. And this is an echoed refrain from earlier in Proverbs. Four times this is mentioned. In chapter 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 9, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Chapter 14, verse 27, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Chapter 19, verse 23, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. What is the fear of the Lord? One commentary says, A loving reverence for God that includes submission to his lordship and to the commands of his word. In the Old Testament, that meant faithful obedience to Yahweh, Israel's God. In the New Testament, this same God is revealed to be the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal divine Son, the second person of the Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ was born into this world through a virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit. He lived a life of complete obedience to God's commands, the commands uh, that all humans have broken and as a result now sit under God's righteous wrath. This Lord Jesus died an atoning death on the cross and through his perfect sacrifice, Uh, He appeased God's wrath against the sins of his people for all those whom God had graciously elected in love before time began. All those who would, by grace alone, come to respond to the call of Christ in repentance and faith and come to trust in his death and his resurrection for the forgiveness of their sin and for the crediting of his righteousness to them in order to be justified before holy God. The excellent wife then has the fear of the Lord, which in New Testament terms translates to faith in Christ Jesus. She believes the good news, that by herself she stands condemned, But Christ stands in her place if she humbly submits to him. And so instead of wrath, there is now reconciliation to God and the knowledge of him as Father. It is this new standing in God's grace that gives her confidence and strength to pursue all the attitude and the action that we have seen described in this passage It is also her redeemed standing before the Lord that enables her to seek 
ongoing forgiveness whenever she stumbles or or fails to live in the way that she has been called to. Without the truth of the gospel, without a person receiving Christ and submitting to his lordship, then calling them to follow the, the excellent wife's example is simply a fruitless pursuit. It's only moralistic. Whereas in Christ, it becomes the pathway to sanctification. A growing in holiness before the Lord. A desire uh, that stems out of love for the Lord and for his gracious work of salvation. Verse 31 finishes with these words. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Only of the believing wife, the believing mother, the believing woman can this be truly said. Now we can see why not only is the excellent wife of Proverbs 31 an example for for women to follow, an example for men to seek out, but also that she serves as the embodiment of all the teaching of the book of Proverbs up to that point. If you wish to live wisely, then submit to the Lord in repentance and faith and follow his divinely ordained pattern for life and godliness that is found in the scriptures, that is exemplified by the excellent wife and is perfectly fulfilled in Christ Jesus, who, as the scriptures tell us, is himself the wisdom of God. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for the foundation uh, of truth that we have seen in this passage. That true wisdom comes by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that if there are those here today who do not know him, who have not submitted to him, we pray that by your spirit you would enable them to do so. That they would see the forgiveness, that would come to know the forgiveness of their sins and their new standing before you through faith. But Father, we we thank you for those of us who do know Christ and we thank you for the teaching of this passage that enables to see what a life of wisdom, a life in your presence looks like. May you apply this passage to our hearts and our minds and our lives, whoever we may be today, men, women, children, single, married. Father, we pray that we would see in this an example of submission to you and may our lives as your people be characterised by nothing less. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.